Welcome, bride chillas and groom chillas. Groom chillas, Alicia. Let's uh, let's workshop that. You're listening to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one wedding podcast hosted by author, comedian, and wedding advice giverer Alicia McCormick. That is I. I am here. Welcome, Alicia. That's me, not myself. Welcoming you to the podcast. I wanted to start today with a bit of a confess sesh. Confess sesh. I don't know what that means. I have just been going through our bathroom cupboard because we live in a small apartment and there's not much room. And I realize, I have to admit this because I think the first step to any sort of addiction or problem is admitting. And I want to admit to you that I am addicted to buying the Clinique special gift bag, bloody zippy bathroom bag things. Whenever they've got a special, you know, they say spend $40 or spend 40 pounds and we'll give you this bathroom bag. And I mean, how many of those things do you need? Yet I will always go, well, I might use those special travel items, which I do. Admittedly, on our trip to Australia, I took a bunch of little travel things. and I didn't feel bad about throwing them out when they were done. However, I've got a lot of these bathroom bags. I don't know what to do with them. I don't wonder if the charity shops just get inundated with Clinique bags. I do love them. I did purchase this month's. It was by Georgia Perry, the designer, and it's gorgeous. But I'm looking at it right now going, do you need that? Did you need to purchase that? And here is the juxtaposition I want to make to you. I promise this has a point to do with weddings. I use my trainers, my joggers, my running shoes every day. I have a pair of Nike Freeze, number fives, that are three years old. Three years old. And I only thought about the age of them when I was having a bit of a, a bit of a whinge to reach the other night when I use RunKeeper, the app. And when I was using RunKeeper, it prompted me to input the brand of my shoes. And I got on my high horse and I'm like, oh, well, they just want to remind me to buy shoes because they've probably got some deal with Nike or Adidas or something. And then Rich is like, yeah, but how old are your shoes? And then I had to think back to when I purchased them and it was a long time ago. So therefore, I have purchased a new pair of shoes because, you know, I use them every day. So it's really weird about going, I'm quite happy to throw money into Clinique fucking gift bags that I don't really need. Yet there's something that I wear every day and use, but wouldn't buy unless prompted by an app and my husband and then realizing these are really old shoes. So it just got me thinking a little bit about how much we place value on certain items and you go, I would never spend $5 on that, yet we'll spend, we'll just piss away our money on other things. <laughs> I don't know, have you got something that's like that, that you're willing to go, oh no, it's only $50. But then in another in another sort of zone of your life, you are clinging on to something that's falling apart or something that has got to be replaced, but you're putting it off for five years. It's just really weird how we do that. And I had to laugh. There was a meme, a gif, a gif, a gif, whatever you want to call it, on Instagram the other day, which was saying it was a picture of Beyonce doing a face. But the the quote was, uh, you're happy to spend 150 bucks on online um, shopping, but then you see they're going to charge 4.95 for postage. And that's when you question your shopping purposes. Hilaire. I totally love it. This is Q&A Thursday, and today's episode is devoted entirely to your voicemails, voice messages that you have left me with questions, comments, statements. 
Ain't no reading any uh, emails this episode. It's all about the voice. And if you have written to me recently, you will probably have received a voicemail in response because this is my new way of saving time because I'm bride chiller. I'm technically not a bride chiller. I've already gotten married, but I'm allowed to call myself a bride chiller because it's my thing. I am a bride chiller and bride chiller is all about saving time, doing things in a way that is easier for you finding solutions, finding shortcuts, enjoying yourself. And one thing that I realize now as a nearly 35-year-old woman, I don't enjoy typing. I love communicating. I communicate best in the way you're listening to me now. I had to call my podcast host company of the day and I couldn't find their phone number. I ended up finding someone's um, cell phone number and I called Lizzie, my lovely contact there, and she's like, oh my God, no one ever calls. I'm like, yes, I still love a phone call. If, if the phone is ringing, it's probably from me because I fucking hate text messaging and I hate the typing. I love writing back to you. I love receiving your emails. Please don't get me wrong. But I just realized I could just leave voice messages and email them to you and people seem to be enjoying it. So that's my current plan. I promise I will still email back. I don't want to seem like I'm ungrateful. I do enjoy it, but just it's always full of spelling mistakes. So shall we just crack on and get to the first, first voicemail? Yes. Hi, Alicia. I wanted to know what you thought about first dances. Um, my wedding's in June and I'm wondering whether to go and see a dance teacher to rehearse some steps or just play it by ear and do whatever comes naturally on the day. I'd love to hear your opinion. Thanks. Oh, my name's Michelle. Thanks. Bye. Michelle, great cue, can I just say. I think this is something a lot of people are asking, uh, especially maybe rhetorically, but also asking in their real lives. And that is, should they get dance lessons? What's the deal? Now, this is entirely up to you, of course, when it comes to your skill set, what you feel comfortable with and how important a dance is. My real feelings at the moment are... We went through a real stage of viral videos where everyone was dancing like they had been to some sort of proper choreography class for the last 24 years, that they'd devoted all their time to stretching, everything was choreographed. Fuck knows what they put their bride, bridal party and maid chillers and groom chillers through to do the training for some of this stuff because they're really elaborate. And I enjoy watching the videos, but then I also can't help when I'm sort of watching these videos on Facebook and stuff and going, how much time has the couple asked their crew or each other to devote to this when they could just be doing something else that they really enjoy? Now, I'm not saying that some people don't really like have a good time when they're dancing. Some people really like that. But a majority of us going to a choreography class and learning stuff, maybe not is the scene. I am always trying to get Rich to come along to a salsa class. And it's just not his bag. He wants nothing to do with it. And if he was here right now, we'd probably have a bit of an argument because I think it'd be really fun. And I feel like he might find his rhythm. Not to say he hasn't got natural rhythm, but I think it's something that would be good or sexy and he can flip me around and stuff. But it's not his bag. I'm not going to make him do that. One day I might, but at this current time, he's his own man. He doesn't want to do it. Fine. Now, I think if you are, Michelle, going through the process of trying to come up with just a couple of moves and you want to be able to feel confident, I think go along and have a couple of dance classes 
and enjoy it. I don't necessarily think you need to come up with some huge dance number that's going to be performed at the Tonys. I just think that is probably uh, just a bit of overkill. I'm sorry if everyone's doing it. It can be delightful. I've been to a number of weddings where the bride and groom have been having secret dance lessons and then come out and just paint the floor golden. It's quite nice, but also it stresses me out. So in response, I think if you trust your rhythm, for example, Rich and I did no preparation. We played Mel Torme's I'm Coming Home. I'm coming home now right away. I'm coming home, baby, now. I'm sorry now I ever went away. Every night and day I go and stay. I'm coming home, baby. Do you recognize this song? Maybe not. We really like it. It's a classic oldie. It was one of those songs that we could just swing and move to without any sort of choreography at all. You can do a little bit of 60s twisting. It was very fun. And I think people were surprised by our song choice. We had lots on the list, but this was just one we like to dance to in our lounge room. We're like, well, that is just the one we wanted to dance to in front of all our family and friends. And it ended up being really fun. Everyone got in, did a bit of twists, got low, bit drunk dancing. Perfect. It's what we wanted. Just what we wanted. So I think think about your song choices. Don't feel a pressure of having to do anything elaborate if it's not your scene. If it is, great. Put on a show. If that's what you do. If that's you have if you have a professional uh, interest in that sort of thing or an amateur or an amateur interest in that sort of thing, do it. But also don't feel like you have to make your wedding into some sort of performance because I feel that people now with the interwebs and social sharing and viral stuff seem to put a lot of time into making their wedding quote-unquote different or having some sort of grand surprise when really the nicest moments of the weddings I've been to, even the weddings that have had fabulous choreography and sort of elaborate moments, haven't been those moments at all. They've been this sort of genuine moments that have just happened. So unless you have some sort of interest, I say, Michelle, just trust your instincts do a bit of twisting, pick a song that you really enjoy dancing and moving to, and have a good time. Second voicemail of the show. See, this is why I enjoy getting the voicemails. When they come through, it's like hearing from a friend, such as Jenny. Hey, Alicia. My name's Jenny. I'm originally from northwest England, but I'm contacting you from Sydney, where I live now. I don't have a question. I just wanted to say hi. I've listened for a while and I've always chickened out of getting in touch, but I decided to get in touch today after listening to your most recent podcast today. Um, I was listening when I was running through the pouring rain in what I call the bush, but my Australian partner says it's just a small park by our house. I think it's the bush. I don't want to interrupt Jenny, but that made me laugh so hard. It just when Rich, I played it back to Rich and we just lost our shit because the bush, you know, I think you've probably heard me discuss the bush in Australia. It means the outback. It means in heavy, dense bush shrubbery area. You'll hear my best friend, Dan, who was my best man. I interviewed him in Oz when we were back there and uh, he is coming on the show to talk about being a best man or a maid of honor. And we refer to the bush and we have this discussion in this upcoming episode about the bush. And it's sort of a bit of a joke to foreigners because the bush really, I think Dan says this, is where you're probably most likely to encounter things that will kill you. 
or at least potentially could kill you. So I did have a laugh at Jenny saying she was running in the bush and then her husband going, no, 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 that's not the bush. That's just the local park. It's not the bush. Anyway, I'll let her carry on. Um, you mentioned again today the fact that you bought your dress in uh, Maya or David Jones. I can't remember exactly which. And um, when I heard this, it was a revelation I immediately went out, this is a couple of months ago, and um, I found a lovely dress in Maya, which has sleeves and everything, and it didn't cost the earth, and most importantly, I love it, and my partner loves it, and even my nan, and she would definitely tell me what she thought, honestly. Um, I feel like you helped me to see that I don't need permission to do things which are not traditional, or which don't come with the word wedding fixed to the beginning. So I bought a dress, just from the normal dress section. But when I wear it on our wedding day, it will be my wedding dress. And I'll love it. Um, I'd really like to thank you for helping us personalise our wedding. By this, I don't mean like monogrammed napkins or signature cocktails, which is what you get if you Google personalised weddings. I mean the things that that I can do or we can do to bring everyone together and make it a memorable experience. Like um, how we can get our friends to help us and uh, the idea of having a host, that idea had never occurred to me before. I, I love that idea. Anyway, thanks again so much for all the hard work you do. I always look forward to listening and I'll listen to you again for your next podcast. Bye. So much love for Jenny and what a lovely lovely message that was to receive. I was so chuffed to hear that you were inspired, Jenny, to find a dress um, that wasn't necessarily from a bridal boutique. Um, if you, uh, well, I was going to say, if you don't know, if a lot of you wouldn't know what she's talking about. Maya and David Jones are two of the biggest department stores in Australia, really the two only department stores. It's the equivalent of like a Barney's or um, a Nordstrom, whatever you want to call it. So it's great to see that you were using the sort of lateral thinking when it comes to looking for a dress because you're right. You don't have to go out and purchase the same looking dress as everyone else. If you do, that's fine. And not to say that they, I feel really bad because someone sort of wrote to me saying that they don't all look the same. And that's so right. I more just mean that the strapless, um, you know, tight on your bodice dress doesn't suit everyone. I also talk about that in an episode next week. I've got the wonderful um, Danielle from Black Sheep Bride on the show for two episodes. She runs an amazing website that's all about planning your wedding and giving back at the same time to your community, to the environment. It's really great to see that someone is picking up the pieces of the massive consumer culture that is weddings. And flipping it a little bit to say you can have a stunning, aesthetically pleasing, gorgeous looking, you know, sexy super hipster, magazine quality looking thing, wedding, but also you can organize it in a way that's budget friendly, ethically good, that you are buying perhaps a gown from someone that thinks about where their product is made. A lot of a lot of wedding dresses, and this is awful to say, but a lot of wedding dresses are made in sweatshops. There, I've said it. And not all of them. A lot of the couture gowns, you know, are made with a lot of uh, time and that's why you spend crazy amounts of money on it. But also it's 
it's the reality is there are lots of brands that do make their gowns in environments that aren't necessarily great for the people working in them. So it is one of those episodes and the week actually. Danielle's got some great advice about how to find um, suppliers that are just good people. Not, I'm sure you're all good people. And if you're a vendor and you are a good person and you do good things for the environment, your community, you want to give back, I'd say visit blacksheepbride.com and learn a little bit about what Danielle's doing because she's always looking for new vendors that share her good ethos. There it is. But anyway, I get back to my point. Danielle and I were talking in the show about the fact I do not have big boozies. My breasts are not huge. I, if you've seen a photo, you'll get it. And that when I was dress shopping, there was just no way. I, I tried on all these strapless gowns and I was like, I just don't have the tits for it. I don't. They're not going to hold them up. I understand there is very sophisticated underwear. I understand there's chicken fillets. I've used the chicken fillets for the television to give myself a little bit of extra boozy love. But I didn't want to wear them on my wedding day. And also, uh, it did, I didn't feel comfortable in it. I purchased one gown, which was that traditional gown. You'll hear about it if you want to go back to episode 001. I talk all about this, uh, the change of gown decision. And then I just went out one day and said, this is not making me feel comfortable. I called my beautiful friend Julia and we went shopping and I did purchase an off-the-rack dress, which I fucking loved. So, Jenny, so stoked that you have also made that choice. And I love that you love it so much. Hey, I am delighted to say that I, hey, it's like you're not listening to me. I don't know why I need to say, hey, it's a habit. Hey, I have been nominated for a UK Blog Award. How nice is that? I know technically this is not a blog and it's a podcast, but they classify me as a blog. So that's good news. And I'm up against, I'm up against, that sounds wrong. You know how in the Oscars they always go, I'm not up against them. I'm working with the nominees. They always stand there and say, it's just so great to be not. And it's true. It's great to be nominated. There's some really great other wedding bloggy blogs that are in the same category as me and it's delightful to be recognized it's my first award nomination for the podcast so i'm stoked i feel like it's really nice to be recognized just good to be nominated hey but you want to win there it is (laughs) i'll keep you updated feed the baby child that should just go down in some sort of uh that should be a t-shirt we'll make that happen i've got time for another message this is very exciting Howdy, Alicia. My name is Taylor, and I listen from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I found your podcast just by searching wedding podcast on iTunes, and honestly, your lovely cover art is what first made me click on it. Have to interrupt here, Taylor. It just I just want to plug my beautiful illustrator. Her name is Emma Block, and uh, she's been doing a lot of amazing work lately. Well, she's always doing amazing work, but her work is getting a lot of coverage internationally which I feel stoked with. I feel like, you know, I got in in the early days and now she's a superstar. However, she does a lot of bespoke wedding invitations and illustrations and you can hire her. Uh, So I would say go to her website, emmablock.co.uk for more information because she's gorgeous. And well, I'd say hire her. Please carry on, Taylor. Sorry. Um, my wonderful boyfriend, Sam lives in Tulsa, which is about an hour and a half away from me. So we alternate driving to each other on the weekends and I have a ton of listening time and have been filling that time with your fantastic Australian voice. Um, so I'm currently here in nursing school where I live. And so Sam and I have to talk a lot about 
um, you know, when we're going to get married and when we can have a honeymoon and get me moved to Tulsa and work around my schooling and stuff. Uh, we both are in love with Jesus. And so we are waiting until we're married to be together and live together. Um, but don't worry, I still love your podcast cursing. It's just me again. I think if Jesus were around, he'd be fine with my swearing. He'd be going, look, you're entertaining internationally. People enjoy it. You're not saying it in a bad way. It's not like I'm angry swearing. I only angry, angry swear when it's really necessary. And then I'm fine with it. And it's just words. What if the word stick was the same as dick? I'm just going to leave that with you. Words mean nothing. But thank you. And I'm glad. I think actually secretly a lot of you wonderful American listeners fucking love that I swear. You fucking love it. Stop weird whispering. So sorry to interrupt you, Taylor. Just really like these voicemails where I can interrupt. I, I hope this is not shitting you too much. If it's annoying you, write to me and I won't do it again. If you like it, just write to me and tell me that. Or don't write, just... Okay. Basically, we are talking about getting engaged later this summer and uh, getting married in the winter. And we just went ring shopping this last weekend for the first time. And we were astounded at the lack of varieties. And we kind of felt like they all were carrying the same thing. Um, they're beautiful rings, but they were all sort of very modern and not very me. I really like the vintage look, something simple and pretty and unique, a little bit weird, just like I am. Uh, Sam really loves the same stuff that I do. And basically it felt kind of like the way that you talk about people being made to feel as if they have to wear a strapless ball gown by the industry, but applied to engagement rings. So basically all of these jewelers, jewelers said that the vintage antique look is very in, ugh. but when we asked about antique jewelers in the area, we were treated kind of rudely as if, um, no one sells that look, even though it's very in. So we spent most of the afternoon talking about how silly this seems because it seems like they're missing out on a huge vintage loving demographic. Shouldn't they be at least trying to sell something that looks a little vintage if people love it that much? So basically, I guess we're wanting to know what your thoughts are on this vintage ring vacuum in the big jewelry stores and your feelings about buying something like an engagement ring off of Etsy. We're seeing a lot of stuff we love in Etsy, but we're also going to check out some estate and antique um, jewelry stores in the area. So thank you so much for helping and to uh, brighten my travels to and from Tulsa. Happy days. Oh, my goodness. I can't even tell you how happy you finishing the message happy days makes me just love it. Um, great question. Taylor, I think you really hit it on the head with a lot of the aspects of the wedding industry. We get stuck in our ways with things, you know, as you mentioned, I'm always having a go at the strapless gowns. I said it before, just said it before. But I also think that a ring is something that you wear for a long time, hopefully. And I also think there's something quite delightful about wearing someone else's ring. Now, some people will disagree with me and go, I want my own ring. I don't want to wear someone else's ring. But there's a history in it. And there's something pretty special about either buying a ring that you know someone else has worn and had a life of wearing. I think it's quite romantic. People having their grandparents' rings and being able to have that nostalgia. But also there's just something quite nice, like you said, aesthetically about the old rings. There's something a bit classy about them. Rich always laughs when I use the word classy because it does not sound classy, but it is classy, if you know what I mean. I think you're on the right track when it comes to looking at estate uh, sales. There are also quite a few really good online antique dealers. Now, I really think one thing about buying jewelry online is that 
you've really got to try it on. I know I have short, stubby monkey hands. That sounds weird, but I don't have very long fingers. And Rich actually purchased our ring, our ring, my ring, (laughs) the ring, and designed it and surprised me. And I never expected that to happen. And he really picked well. It was a great ring. It is a great ring. It really suits my hand. And he went to a lot of trouble to sort of figure out the aesthetics of it and went to a really modern designer in Melbourne. A lovely gentleman called Simon West, if you're in Melbourne, look him up. He's great. But it was really good because he was sort of, he's sort of like a new generation of jewelry designers. I find that a lot of the jewelry you look at now is just cookie cutter stuff. They just pump it out. It's beautiful, but it's all the same. And uh, I think it's a matter of actually, if you want the antique look or if you want genuine antique, they're two different things, I suppose. But Maybe trying to find an independent jewellery designer, someone that is featured, you know, in some of these quirky magazines, and I say quirky with great love, in Australia we have um, sort of quite a few independent wedding magazines. They're not the big wedding magazines where you just go through and you see the same sort of ring and, and dresses over and over again. I mean, maybe hunt out some of these smaller um, mags and publications because that's where you really find the great And this is the same for all your vendors. If you're looking for designers, you know, graphic designers that perhaps are doing something a bit different, um, that's probably where I'd suggest you finding them. Also looking at websites, and again, this might seem obvious, but if you're looking at websites and blogs that perhaps are focusing a little bit more, like Rustic Wedding Chic, I had um, the wonderful... Maggie, the founder of Rustic Wedding Chic, on a couple of weeks ago and was great to sort of hear about her ideas about where to find some of this rustic, yoldy looking stuff. So I would actually imagine if you hit up that website as well, you might find links to estate jewelers and or jewelers that are currently designing ye oldy looking stuff. Now, I don't mean ye oldy looking like going to Disneyland and going, yeehaw, going one of those Everyone's wearing crazy clothes and so old school stuff. I just mean looking at things that have a bit more of an antique touch and aesthetic to them. I think Etsy is a really good move if you are able to physically try on the product or return it. And a lot of the times you can't, especially with jewelry. They are your buyer and that's it. So make sure if you're buying online in any capacity that just to know your rights when it comes to returning, especially if things don't fit or they don't look right. You don't want to settle for something um, just because the return rate isn't right. (laughs) I think a lot of people get stuck. Buying things online can be really easy and fabulous, but it can also be really annoying to return to people that don't want to help you. So make sure that you read the reviews and you do a bit of research, especially if you're spending some uh, sizable funds on buying jewelry. I just love that you are already thinking about doing things your way. You're a true true bride chiller, Taylor. Already, I feel like she's a bride chiller in the making. And I love that you listen to me in the car. I like keeping you safe, keeping you alert, keeping you on track. Makes me very happy. Thank you so much for sending that beautiful voice message to me. And uh, I'm thanking all of my lovely voicemail people today. I've got the wonderful Michelle who asked about dancing, Taylor with the rings, and gorgeous Jenny, who has purchased her her dress from Maya. I'm really happy that uh, you uh, all took the risk. Not the risk. It's not a risk. It's not a risk. But took the time to record a voicemail. It really means a lot to me. And I love being able to stop and start and talk to you back. I hope that doesn't annoy you all. It's really fun. I really enjoyed today's show. I enjoyed making it. I enjoyed talking to you. 
Um, now listen, I did say next week I've got the wonderful Danielle from Black Sheep Bride. I've also got some really crazy, like, in your dreams guests. I've got the wonderful Amina from Call Your Girlfriend. Now, if you like podcasts and you haven't heard Call Your Girlfriend, I'm going to need you to stop after you finish listening to this episode. I'm nearly finished. And uh, download it because it's a cracking listen. Amina and her friend Anne have been doing this podcast since about May. And I'm such a huge fan. And when I wrote to them, I just said, I love what you do. You're long distance friends. You make this podcast. You're funny and relatable and gorgeous and fucking ballsy. And Amina said, great. I like what you do. Let's have a podcast together. And I nearly lost my mind. So she has also hilariously been in, not hilariously, she's obviously a great friend, but it just I just love that these things happen. She's been a bridesmaid in over 10 weddings, so I thought this is just perfect. So she's coming on in the next couple of weeks to talk all about long-distance friendships, about manipulating friendships a little bit, and uh, in a good and bad way when it comes to wedding planning, and also maintaining friendships over a long distance. I think we've all had friends that have moved, friends that we don't talk to often enough. You're probably looking at your guest list now going, I haven't spoken to her for six months. What's going on? I don't know if she's alive or dead. I hope that's not the case. That sounds terrible. Anyway, it's very good to be having her on the show. I've also got my wonderful friend Dan, as I said before, coming on to talk about bridesmaids, groomsmen, and uh, the responsibilities and also terrible, terrible bucks and hens nights that he has been involved in. Hilarious. I just want to take one last second now of your day by saying how wonderful you are. And I don't mean to be cheesy and gross, but just to say that I'm so grateful that you have taken the time to listen. I know I said this all the time, but I just genuinely uh, am in awe of the emails that I get, these voicemails, that you take the time to spend some time with me. I really do genuinely feel like I have friends all over the world and we, Rich and I are both really grateful for these lovely comments and, and connections that we have made. And I say we, because I read most of your emails to him. I hope that's not a privacy concern, but it, you know, there's no way a year ago when I thought I first started this, I thought this would be a bit of a hobby. And now it's just sort of become my calling. And you don't say that very often. I've done lots of crazy things in my career, but this is the one where I actually feel like I'm making a difference and being a part of your lives for albeit a short time is pretty special. So thank you. Gosh, have a vomit now. That was a bit a bit hammy. Didn't mean it to be hammy. I meant it to be genuine. It is genuine. I'm just not very good with that. Okay, say something silly. Hey, I'm going to finish this finally by saying I don't want you to think I'm having regrets about buying my Clinique stuff because I genuinely love it. And I just want to plug something. If you haven't used an eyebrow pencil or an eyebrow brush or an eyebrow powder or something to fill your eyebrows in. Have a think about it. Now, I for years and years, I didn't do it. And then one day, uh, Alicia Poxrucker, who's been on the show talking about makeup, she filled my eyebrows in very lightly. I'm not talking about gypsy wedding style thick eyebrows. I'm just talking about a little light dusting. And it really just made me go, oh, that makes a difference. That's pretty good. And Clinique, in this pack that I recently bought, I got a sample, which is, again, why I continue to buy these things, because they do test out good products and you decide if you want to buy them or not. But it's called Clinique Just Browsing Brush-On Styling Mousse, and it's for your eyebrows. This shit is so easy to use, and I fucking love it. So I don't have any affiliation with Clinique. Clearly, I have a problem purchasing this stuff. I just love it. But uh, this is one of those products that I would say 
I've really embraced and it's so easy to use and you don't have to carry around. I was before I was using a um, a brush and a powder and I don't know if you're like me, but I drop this shit all the time and break it and then have to use rubbing alcohol. If you've broken a compact or something before, you'll know how annoying it is. But then you use alcohol, pure alcohol, to crush up the powder and reset it. If you haven't done that before, if you've got a favorite blush or compact that you've broken and you thought you just have to chuck out, go to YouTube. You can fix it, but it's annoying. So I would say that's my tip. I never do beauty tips, but that's my beauty tip of this week. I really love this mousse stuff to put in my eyebrows. So it's all worth it. It's all worth it. And I got a new pair of running shoes, so I'm not going to suffer long-term back injuries. There it is. If you have a question for Save the Date Wedding Podcast, for me, visit savethedatepodcast.com. You know, it'd be great if you can tell a friend about this podcast this week. Instagram, share a post that I've done. If we're not following each other, I'm just instagram.com slash Alicia McCormack. I was going to spell it out, but just Google it. And uh, I would love to hear from you. Also, if you have a voicemail message, you don't have to go via the old uh, website. You can just simply record it on your handy handheld device and email it to me. So simple. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your wedding planning. Enjoy your life. Happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.